0: I'm going to talk today. I'm going to start a series, and uh, the title of my lesson is, and I'm going to follow it up with a couple of series, uh, Public Enemy Number One for Ourselves is what? What? The flesh. the flesh. The flesh. That's our number one enemy. The greatest enemy I have is myself. <laughs> I amaze myself sometimes. I always remember Doc Holliday said he didn't know how much depravity, how far it could actually go. And it's true, isn't it? And uh, you think you're doing good, and then you let the Lord down, and you get up and wipe the dust off. You get going, you let the Lord down again. You get up, you wipe the dust off. I've had to do that many times in my life, and I'm sure you have too, because it is a real, real battle. When saved, it has nothing to do with ourselves whoop, there goes my water, amen. And uh, it has nothing to do with self-effort or never in the strength of our own flesh. Uh, We can, as somebody was saying to me a while ago, work our fingers to the bones, and in the end, they're just skinny bones. (laughs) And that's true. Uh, It has nothing to do with our work. It has everything to do with his work. And his work is that he died for our sins, was buried, and rose again. When we put our faith in that gospel of grace, when we do that, we become a child of God. And so it has nothing to do with our own effort and strength. But likewise, it's also impossible in our flesh, in our own strength, to live a godly life. That's very, very difficult to do that. Galatians 5.16 says this, this I say then, walk in the Spirit and you shall not fulfill the lust of the flesh. What a great verse. You see, our walk has to be through the Word of God and the Holy Spirit. And the reason those two are connected is the Holy Spirit is one who authored the Word of God. That's what the Bible tells us. So we need the Word of God, the Holy Spirit working together working in us. That's why he says his word is to abide in us. In other words, it's to be a part of our life. Philippians 2.13, For it is God which worketh in you. What does he do? Both to will to do of his good pleasure. It states in Colossians 3.16, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in Psalms, and hymns and spiritual songs singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. And then in Romans 8, 14, for as many are, as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Somewhere in your life, the Spirit of God needs to be moving, amen? So in my life, if I want to have any kind of victory in my life, I have to have the Word of God in me and the Spirit of God leading me through that Word. And he's working that in me. You see, our flesh has a sin principle. Our flesh is evil bent. We have a fallen nature. And that fallen nature has sinful desires. Uh, The heart is deceitful above all things and desperately wicked who can know it. And that's our flesh. And as a result of the Spirit... And the flesh, he says in verse 17, he says this, For the flesh lusteth against the spirit, and the spirit against the flesh. And these are contrary, the one to the other, so that you cannot do the things that you would. You see, inside of each child of God, there is a real conflict that's going on. And sometimes this conflict is overwhelming. Do I choose Christ, or do I choose the desire of my flesh at that moment? And they're contrary, and they are opposing one another. The spirit and flesh opposes, suppresses each other's working in us. In other words, when the flesh raises itself up, the spirit of God moves to try to block the flesh's desire. But then when the spirit's moving, the flesh tries to get us to block the Spirit's working and follow the flesh. And these uh, are opposite, and they fight within us. But we're grateful and thankful that God the Spirit, He's greater than the world, He's greater than the devil, and He's greater than our flesh. And what He does, He fights to help us fight our flesh and its sinful desires. However, for me to have victory in my life over my flesh and walk in the Spirit, that is not automatic. But it's our choice. Do we decide to put God's Word in us? Do we decide to yield to the Spirit's leading in us as He shows us in His Word? Or do we just live as our flesh Dictates. Now, since being saved, we who that are saved, we now can choose to have the victory in our life. Whereas before we came to Christ, we didn't have that victory because we were always controlled by the world, the flesh, and the devil. But now, because of the presence of the Spirit of God living inside of us, now that gives us the ability to say no to our flesh and yes to God. And if he's not there, you're at the mercy of your flesh, and you will always be defeated then. But if one is not led by the Spirit, they will be controlled by their old Adamic principle, their flesh, and their works then will become a part of their behavior, their lifestyle, and it will be seen by other people. When you're at the mercy of your flesh, you're in a heap of trouble. Right? You are. I just want to show you, in our context here, I just want to show you the flesh's capabilities. It's actually kind of frightening. Sometimes we are, you know, we think we're so good. When in reality, always within us, because we always have flesh until we receive our glorified body one day, that's always there settling. And it's always capable of rising itself up in our life. And that's when we're defeated. Let me just mention some things that the flesh is capable of. The first thing is sexual sins. Notice Galatians 5, 19. Now, the works of the flesh are manifest. Which are these? And he shows what the flesh is capable of. The first one is adultery. Adultery has brought down the greatest to the least, it brought down Samson, it brought down David and Bathsheba. How many marriages have been broken because of adulterous affairs? It's unbelievable. Adultery, it's being unfaithful to one's mate, an extramarital affair. And then he mentions fornication. The Greek word for fornication is pornea, that refers to pornography. And boy, do we have pornography today, any things at our fingertips of access through computers today. Prostitution. Sinful sexual acts. Fornication, it's sexual activity outside of marriage. Anything outside of marriage sexually is fornication. Society and media, they mock, they scoff at Christians who try to live godly and live pure lives. And our society is reaping what it has been sowing, isn't it? And then it mentions the thing uncleanness. That's filthiness of heart and mind, defiling, suggestive thoughts, perverted fantasies. Today we're bombarded with so much filth and nakedness, we see it just about everywhere anymore. And about our only answer is, whatsoever things are true, honest, pure, and so on, think on these things. And then it says lasciviousness. That's lawless insolence. It's unrestrained evil. It means you have no restraint or shame regardless of public opinion. They've removed any standard of morality. Anything sexually goes today. It has in its root meaning shamelessness. It's prayers of women, of men, and of children, lasciviousness. And then there's not only sexual sins that the flesh produces, then there are religious sins it produces. In verse 20, it says this, idolatry. It has the idea of worshiping images, which is true. Many people have object, idols, idols but also it's worshiping materialism. It's worshiping sports, covetousness. It means that God is not the priority of their life. He's not first. They put other things and other people above God. Throughout the ministry, it's unbelievable how many people even put their children above God. Have you you ever seen that? It's unbelievable. And then it states witchcraft. The Greek word is pharmakia. That's where we get our word pharmacy. So it's referring here to drugs, potions, witches brew in a sense. This goes with sorcery, magical arts, spiritualism, the occult. These things are really becoming more popular in this country. And we can see it today in witchcraft. Then then the flesh produces attitude sins toward others, the flesh does. Verse 20, it states hatred. That means animosity, dislike of certain people, having hostility, and even wishing they were dead. (laughs) Within its meaning, it has the meaning of enemy. They're against a person. I've seen people be against even members in church because the flesh is very, very strong. Hatred. And then it mentions variance. That means rivalry, discord, a quarreler. Always contentious and causing problems. They always want to get even with somebody. They walk around with a chip on their shoulder. They won't leave something alone. They keep stirring it up. You could write the word in there, bully, (laughs) if you want to. And then it mentions the word emulations. That's having a deep jealousy. They think ill will because of the position one might have. They wish they could have had that position and they didn't get it or whatever. They become so resentful of other people's successes. That runs rampant in the church too often. Jealous of somebody else who God has blessed or that person has worked hard in order to obtain certain things. Well, I don't have it and I don't like they do. That's your flesh. Then it mentions wrath. That's having white anger. You're explosive, rage, uncontrolled temper, emotional outburst. It actually has the meaning to breathe hard and blow out smoke. <laughs> Hot-tempered. And then the word strife. It's one who causes confusion and disunity. It's self-seeking ambition. They're angry, and they want to get other people on their side. Sounds like a politician, doesn't it? (laughs) Seditions, it mentions. That's one's behavior, language, encourages, incites, rebellion against authority that causes disintegration and division. Then it mentions heresy heresies, man's opinions that are falsely different from the established truth of God's Word and thereby causing conflict and misleading. It's choosing to teach something that's contrary to what God's Word says. And in 2 Timothy 4.1, you know as well as I do that in the latter days, uh, uh, it'll be demon, doctrines of demons, teachings. And then verse 21, it mentions envying. That's similar to jealousy, but describes the effect it has on the individual who is envying. It has the ideal for them to shrivel up. As they hold a grudge, it eats away at one's inner self, causing them physical and spiritual damage to themselves lest you fail of the grace of God, a root of bitterness springing up in you, trouble you and all those around you. It'll eat at you. And then the flesh creates social sins. Social sins. Notice then he says, murders. Murders is the premeditated killing, taking of another's life. To them, life is cheap if it's somebody else's life. You go to Indianapolis anymore, you got to be careful. You go to the Greenwood Mall, you have to be careful anymore. We're seeing murders, records last year. We're seeing that the murders are becoming the victims, and the true victims are left aside. I was watching a program last night, where the little girl in Los Angeles, 14 years old, she told her mom she's going to walk the dog to the park that was just down the street, and she didn't come home, the dog did, and she was shot by just a thug who had a rap sheet this long and shot her 22 times, even stabbed her. It's amazing. And within a day, he's walking the streets again. Because that's the policy of no punishment, no bail. You know, they have bail, you almost nothing. You can just do that and walk away. The guy needs to be locked up, amen? And pulled his toes out one at a time, amen? Amen. You shed a person's blood, your blood ought to be shed. That's what the Bible says, okay? Amen. And then it says drunkenness. It's public or private intoxication from alcohol. Somebody said, Pastor Jim, why don't you drink? I don't want to. I can. I don't want to. Because I have the presence of God living inside of me. I don't want to lose control. I remember those old days. I was a wacko. Because <laughs> of drinking or drugs or whatever. Whatever. And then also, it damages one's testimony. It's the number one drug in this country, is alcohol. We think of all these other drugs, alcohol is. And then it says, revelings. It's being lewd, loud, drunken orgies and parties. It's carousing, righteous living, dens of iniquity. There used to be a place over there in Greenwood and they had sex parties on the weekend. And you'd go there and you'd exchange mates. I read this in a paper. And they exchanged mates and everything until the police finally got a hold of it. Crazy stuff what the flesh can do, isn't it? And then Paul says at the end of that, he says, and such like. Paul having the Holy Spirit there He has insight and he says, listen, if for some reason I didn't mention any of the sin that you are doing, that's still a work of the flesh. Now think about this. Here in my flesh, I have this ability, capability of doing. I can commit sexual sins, religious sins, attitude sins, social sins. And all those are wrapped up in the lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, and pride of life. You bring it together. But notice what Paul says in verse 21 there. That they which do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Paul gives a somber warning here. He's not talking about the act of falling into one's sin or whatever. He's talking about if this is a trait in your life, is it a habit? Is this part of your behavior, your lifestyle of sin? This is a retune, a, a re, uh, uh, what I wanna say? Routine. I'll get, I'll get out of a minute. A routine in your life. Now don't miss, I'm about done here. The true believer will not adopt these sins as a permanent, Pattern part of their life. They don't practice continuing that sin if they're a true believer. They can sin. And if they don't walk in the spirit and don't have the word of God in them, they can commit such sins. But if they're a true believer, it leads in their mind and their heart It leads them to guilt, to shame, to conviction, and it will eat on them to turn back to God if they're a true child of God. Also in that verse, he says, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Being saved has to do with getting into heaven. That there, inherit. We have an inheritance as a believer. Inherit the kingdom has to do with the rewards we receive or don't receive when we get there. Salvation is based on by grace through faith in the gospel alone. And our salvation is secure. You don't have to worry about it anymore. Once you are a true child of God, what can separate us from the love of Christ? Nothing can. God's promised us he can't lie. We have total forgiveness. It's the gospel's power. He has started a work. He's going to finish that work in you. Christ's blood, the Holy Spirit's sealing, and God's grace. You see, our salvation is not based upon our work. It's based upon another's work. And that work never changes because it was Christ's work. Amen? 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 14 says this, If any man's work abide, which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. But if any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so is by fire. Our inheritance in eternity, it is determined by how we live and serve God down here in our life. What you are here down in our, this life will be rewarded or disgraced in eternity. That's a heartful right there in that statement. You know, John had it right. We can make application. 1 John two twenty eight says this, And now, little children, abide in him, that when he shall appear, may, we may have confidence and not be ashamed before him at his coming. I don't know about you. I don't want to be ashamed that I wasted my life that he gave me while I was on this earth. And regardless of how many times I have faltered, I have to get back up because I know I'm going to see him one day face to face. What do I choose to do? Who do I yield to? Do I yield to the spirit and the word or do I yield to my flesh? Again, Galatians 5, 16. This I say then, walk in the spirit and you shall not fulfill... You'll not allow your flesh to take over, take control, and guide your life. You'll allow the Spirit of God to do that through the Word of God. What a promise that is. If we just try to walk according to truth. And the Spirit is the one who wrote that truth. And by the way, if you're here this morning and you're not saved, There's no mechanism within you that can withstand the onslaught of your flesh. You have nothing to prevent it, nothing to block it. You're on your own. Lots of luck on that one. The only way we can block it is through the spirit and the word that it's becoming a part of our thinking of our life so that when the flesh raises its ugly head we can put it back at its place and keep living for Christ that's what god wants from you and from me amen the flesh i hate my flesh <laughs> i would have had a lot more victories if weren't for my flesh how about you Father, we love you this morning. Thank you for your truth. And God, we that are saved, we're so grateful we're saved, but we know you want us to live for you. But we can't do that without your spirit controlling us. And so I just pray that as Christians this morning, we would decide, we would choose. It's our choice. We're going to walk in your ways. And that comes by consistent, Routine commitment of daily in your word, daily in prayer, so we can walk in the spirit. And if we can do that, we'll have victory over our flesh. And God, if that person here that's never been saved, may they understand that Christ has done it all for them. They just need to believe they are sinners. They are lost without Christ. There's nothing they can do of themselves to save themselves, but Jesus Christ has given them the answer. He came to this world. He lived. He died on the cross, took their sin, took their place of punishment on that cross, and he shed his blood and died, and he buried him, and three days later, he came back to life. That message will save them if they will believe that that's enough to save them. And I pray they would understand that this morning and that they would believe. We just tell you this morning, Lord, in our journey, we're thankful you've been there every step of our, our walk. And may our walk become glorifying to your name. In Jesus' name. And everybody said. We hope that you received a blessing from today's broadcast. We would love to have you to visit us in person. You can watch us live and view past services on our website at gpnd.net. For more information, please visit our website or contact us by phone. Until next week, may God richly bless you as our prayer.